help or direction in moments like this as we are dealing with this crisis. I promise you I will not keep you too long. Um, I know you are there. It's always awkward to be um, in in a um, place, uh, your home, and I was sitting there wondering what I was going to wear today, and I was thinking to myself, some may even be in their pajamas. So, um, anyway, I, I want to go to the Word of God. I want to go to the book of Numbers, if we can. The last couple um, weeks, I have actually been in the book of Numbers, and I have been reading about um, the the exodus and the children of Israel, and the Lord has really begun to speak to me um, as we looked and as we've been doing our Bible studies online. Once again, if you are not able to go there, it's very simple. If you want to call me there online this week, we're going to have one for myself, and then Amber's going to be doing one, and then um, also Clint is going to be doing another one. Uh, just to give you a little idea, we did it as our family devotions, and they were very um, meaningful to us and powerful in our lives. I want you to go with me to actually two passages of scriptures. As you know, I always just read one passage, so that's all I'm going to read um, today. The first one is in Numbers, and it's going to be in chapter 21, so Numbers 21. I'm going to ask you to keep the formality to stand as we read the Word of God. If you're in your home, I want you to stand. It gives us an idea that we are in church. The Bible says, let us not forsake the assembling of the saints. Amen. And I don't want to do that. I want to go to Numbers chapter 21, and I want to read uh, just one verse that's found here, and it's found in verse 9. The Bible says, and Moses made a serpent. So one more time, Numbers 21, verse 9. I want you to get there. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. I want you to go over to the book of John. Very familiar chapter, John chapter 3. Everyone knows this for verse 16, but I want to look at verse 14. The Bible says in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man be lifted up. Let's pray. Father, bless your word. God, I believe you've genuinely given me this word for this nation and for this community and for this church today. I pray, God, that we would look up to Jesus and be healed. God, let your words be my words. Let your thoughts be my thoughts. And, God, I pray that you would allow the word of God move and minister to people. God, even in their homes, wherever they may be, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to show you one, one time, though, how quick and easy it is. You can actually go to what you're watching, and I know um, we don't normally do this during during our service, but... I actually want to just show you. You can go to, go to that, that video that you are watching. You can share it. And I am believing that through this, God is going to allow us to grow even in the midst of a time to where it seems like no one is going to grow or things are going to get worse. But I believe God is going to allow us to find growth even in the midst of a crisis. Can everybody say amen to that at your house or in here? I want to go and talk to you today about when he beheld the serpent 
of brass. If you'll look at verse um, 9 of Numbers 21, that is what it says. It says, when he beheld the serpent of brass. The Bible indicates that as they began to behold that serpent of brass, they were healed. It makes you realize that when they would look upon something, they found healing or refreshment for their body. When you begin to look at this story, it kind of brings me back to any moment in my life to where I was looking for something, whether it was my keys or my billfold or something else that maybe I had misplaced. And when I beheld it or when I saw it, the situation changed. There are also some things that give me solace or give me help that when I am longing for it, if I see it, I find myself better just by looking at it. If you've ever been on a long trip, a long stay away from home, you know that your home may not be a fancy home, but there's no place like your home. Everybody else may not want to be there, but when you behold your house or your home, you know you are where you need to be and the situation is better. I began to think about this story as I, as I was preparing this message. And the way that you can look at this is actually in a couple, couple different ways. But I want to get to the fact of the brass serpent being placed on a pole. The children of Israel had been wandering. If you remember Numbers 13, they have decided not to trust in God and they had decided to actually go their own way and they had decided to actually fear over faith and when they did, they decided that they would not trust in God. And in not trusting in God, they would actually forfeit what the Lord had blessed them to be. God had told them, you know what, I want you to go into this promised land. And I actually want you to do everything. I want you to be what I've called you to be. I want you to go into this promised land and I want you to take the giants, take the land, take the city. But what happened was as they were going, they said that we do not trust you because the enemy is great. Well, now they find themselves in this place of wandering. They have been wandering ever since Numbers 13. Numbers 20, you see some wandering. And then now we get to Numbers chapter 21. They have been wandering. The facts of their disobedience was that for 40 days of searching, they would actually have 40 years of wilderness. And everyone that's 21 years, 20 years and older, they would actually have to, they would actually have to go and and not partake of the promise, but they would miss out. 20 years and older would die. And then we see that they would have to wander in this wilderness after seeing the blessings of what God had in store for them. They began to see the, po the power of the wilderness. They could have had the pomegranates. They could have had the figs. But now they are in the wilderness. 
In Numbers chapter 21, it starts out by showing the very effects of what they're dealing with because if you will look at it and we, if you will begin to see what takes place, Miriam actually passes, I believe is where it's at. In verse 1 it says, And when king, no, Miriam passes away in 20. But in 21 they find themselves at a place to where they're in battle. They have seen God's hands. And then in verse 2, Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver, God delivers. Now we get down to verse 4, God turns the table. They've seen victory, they've seen God's hand, they've seen God's provision, and now they are brought into a place of hardship. Life is like that. We're not always promised a bed of roses. There are times we have great victory and then there are times we come into great hardship. And now that they have come into great hardship, the Bible says that they find themselves discouraged because of where they are at. Well, the Bible also goes on to say that they begin to complain about the wilderness. They complain about the bread. They complain about the fact that there is no water and they are not happy about what God has placed in their life. But you can, you can begin to draw a line back to verse or chapter 13 and see that if they would have only trusted in God in the moment that was so critical, then they would not have to have been where they are now. But they are grumbling against God. See, what brought them to this place as we kind of hit this and run is I want to warn us. It's number one, they did not remember who had brought them to where they are. Number two, they were grumbling against God. Number three, they were not thankful for what He had already done in, his, in their life. Christians today, hear me out. If we would ever understand that God has been so faithful, may we not grumble about the situations that we in we are in. May we not forget who God is. And may we be grateful for where He's brought us. Then what would happen would be is that we would see God's hand forever bless us like never before. But they did not. They found themselves in a place to where they were grumbling and they were mumbling and they were murmuring and God brought punishment in their path. The Bible says that what God did was He brought snakes. In that region you can find that there are snakes that are a part of this culture. These snakes would in some have red dots on them. And the Bible describes these snakes as having fiery bites. The Bible says that they would bite them and they were fiery in their bite as if to give the idea that when they would bite them it would bring inflammation or it would sting or the infection would get down into their veins or into their, their bloodstream and it would bring a fiery sensation. The more I begin to look at this, the more I begin to see an illustration about the church today. There are two types of people but yet there is one sin that I want to look at. Sin is no respecter of person. For the believer, you are bothered and you are tempted with sin. For the believer, there is one that is strong and strapping. And then there are those that are on the verge of backsliding. And they are still a believer. But they are hanging by a thread. And then you have those that are just stagnant. They are stale. They are in the same relationship and the same feeling. 
and those are the believers, then we find ourselves knowing that there are those that are in the place of what we would call sinfulness or a place to where they do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They have yet to trust in Him and believe in Him and believe on His sacrifice. If we would know the Scripture to its fullness, we would understand that Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and they have fallen short of the glory of God. So I want you to look at what happens here. The Bible said that God sent on them fiery serpents. I want to give to you and submit to you that there is a serpent called sin. There is the fiery bite of that serpent that has been loosed on all of creation. Sin bites with fire. Sin kills with its poison. And the Lord gives them this example, I believe, for us today that shows us that if we're not careful, the fiery bite of sin will harm us. For the believer, that fiery bite can be seen in broken homes and broken families and broken ministries, a broken world and people walking away from their Creator and their Savior. For those that have never known Jesus Christ, the bite of sin can be found all the way in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve was not thankful enough to just eat what God had told them but allowed the enemy that old slick serpent to begin to trick them and beguile them the the King James says and they went and allowed themselves to do what God had called them not to do and in that moment we felt the curse humanity was given this curse, this bite, this fiery sting of sin and now we live in a broken world We live in a world where creatures and human beings are walking away from the Creator. Some have asked me and some have begun to try to figure out what is going on in this moment and and where we are living as a culture. But I don't know if God is actually um, putting punishment on us. I do know one thing is that what we are facing with the coronavirus and what we are facing with cancer and what we are facing with the flu and what we are facing with every sting of death is the curse of sin. It is a fiery bite that every person, whether you are saved or whether you don't even know who Jesus Christ is, you have to face, you will face the effects of the bite, the fire bite of sin homes do not become broken because it's God's will marriages do not fall apart because it's God's will families do not disband because it is God's will no it is because sin has come into this world like a slithering snake and the fiery bite of sin will get a hold of a marriage get a hold of a family, get a hold of a church, and because of the inflammation and because of the harm that comes from the venom, the church will die, the family will split, and the marriage will crumble. We must be careful that we do not fall prey to the effects of the bite of sin. So when the people of Israel was in this moment, they found themselves getting bit and ate up by this 
serpent. The Bible said that Moses was told to make a bronze serpent. Now, hear me out. The Bible says that Moses was told, God told him to make a bronze, not a, not a gold, not a silver, but a bronze serpent. Put him up on a pole, and he said he wrecked the pole. Put the pole up. The people with snake bites, the people with the effects of the fiery bite of the serpent, would look up at this brazen or brass serpent, and when they would look up on it in belief with God, it almost reminds me of our prayer cloths and other things. The object did not do the healing, but the faith in, the, in, in God as they looked up at it. The Bible said as in faith as they looked up at the brass serpent, they were healed. Those that had been stung with death sting. Those that had been hurt with the, with the venom of the fiery serpent. Those that had been attacked. And those that had felt the torment of this sting. If they still had life in their body, they could look up at it. And as they looked up at it, the Bible said that they were healed. And then Jesus, as we look in His teachings in John chapter 3, the Bible said that Jesus would look at this and Jesus said, that just as the serpent was lifted up by Moses, the Son of Man must be lifted up also. And so when you look at the similarities, when we look at the fact that all are in, or all have faced the affliction of the fiery bite of sin, for the sinner you are dealing with it. For the believer it is a temptation daily the serpent is trying to bite and gnaw and get you. When you wake up on your feet, when you go and, and do your daily task, the serpent is after you. Sin is at the doorstep knocking, seeing if you will open. So when you look at this Old Testament story, listen to this just for a moment. The people were infected. And then the, ser the serpent was formed and lifted. The people looked at it and they were healed. When it was lifted up, the people beheld it and they were changed. I want you to know that you may be going through some of the hardest times in your life right now. You may be dealing with this coronavirus and we as a nation are dealing with it. You may have not bought into it or you may be, you may be buying out everything at Walmart because you're preparing for Armageddon. Whatever the problem or the situation may be, the sting of sin has come into your life. But God has given us direction in this Old Testament story to show us what to do in these contemporary times. Because whether you are saved, you have someone you can look to. Whether you are in this place or you are listening online and you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm giving you hope today to show you that there is someone that's already been lifted up that if you would just take your eyes and focus on Him, your life can forevermore be changed. Understand this. This bronze snake symbolized the very thing that placed them in this condition. This, bro this bronze, 
snake had placed them. It was a symbolism of what had gotten them into this condition. This snake that had bit them. This snake that had tortured them. This snake that had latched on to them. This snake that had killed some of them. This snake that was giving them fits. That's what this bronze snake represented. It was a replica of what was doing the damage. It was placed on a pole. And they were told to look at the snake the snake was simply placed on a pole as a reminder of how they had gotten there hold it high I can hear them saying place it up high this snake that had no life in it this snake that, that had no venom in it it was bronze was placed upon this pole and I can almost hear them saying, remember the bites, remember the sting, remember remember what it's done to us. And when they looked up there, they were reminded of what was going on. And then as they looked on this thing, they were healed. And so now we look at Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, And as he is talking to us in this passage, in John chapter 3, he said, Just as the snake was placed on the pole, so will the Son of Man be lifted high. So I want to ask you this question, how is Jesus Christ like this bronze snake? Well, I want to submit to you that we as people have been bitten by sin. Sin is rampant because of our disobedience and because of our objection to what God has in store for our lives. And because of that, because of the sin that took place in the Garden of Eden, we find ourselves dealing with this sting of death. But just as they placed a brazen snake up on a pole in this story to find healing for God's people, God did the same thing in placing His Son on an old rugged cross. And the Bible said that He placed Him up on the cross. And if He would be lifted up high, all people would be drawn unto Him. I want you to hear this. The sin that with is like a fiery bite. The bronze snake that we are we are lifted up in this story is our Savior that has been lifted up. He has not been lifted up just on a pole but on the cross. And if we would look to Him, we would find healing. So when we look at this story, I want to do one thing. I want to encourage you today to lift your eyes up to the one that has been lifted up high on the cross. Because Jesus himself said in John 3, he said, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. Jesus said in John 3, just like the serpent that was lifted up by Moses, I will be lifted up for people to be healed. I want you to look at a couple things that I want to end with. How is Jesus Christ in any way like this bronze serpent? I found this and I want to read it. The Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And presently there was lifted up in the camp 
High over all the tents, the image in brass of the fiery destroyer. And from every tent crawled forth the, the bitten, dying men or were carried forth by hands that now had faith to minister. And they looked, please, those eyes whose life was burning out in the fire of fever, looked where the great brazen serpent was all ablaze in the sun. They looked to behold the fierce destroyer nailed harmlessly as dead metal to the tree. Looked to learn that Jehovah was in the camp as a deliverer and would destroy death and victory. Looked and with the look came healing. Looked and the eye lost its madness and shone again with the brightness of hope. Looked and the fiery torrent of the veins was calm and the pulse beat again with the even flow of health. Looked and he who just now stood a fiend of despair within the jaws of hell came forth a new man in his right mind and kissed his wife and children and they together worshiped God for it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass he lived and our Savior said that he would be just like this serpent so how is he like this serpent that took away the sting of the snake. I want to tell you the way that Jesus is like this bronze serpent as I have studied it and looked at it. I want to apply it to this message and apply it to you as a church. There are three things that He can do. You can look to the Savior because He is a humble Savior. He is a replica of what got us here. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 that He that knew no sin became sin so that you and I could be sons are become sons of righteousness. I want to let you know Jesus came in the form of a man. He did not commit a sin. There was no vile thing in him. But when he was nailed upon that cross, he became the form or the symbol of what got us in the condition that we were in and that was sin and on that cross he said Father why have you forsaken me? Jesus became the symbol or the replica of what got us there to begin with it was not our good looks it was not our bad business deals but it was the fact that there was something called sin in the life of a human being and we had to have a perfect lamb and it was none other than Jesus Christ and when he was nailed upon that cross he was a replica of what got us there so when you look at that cross when you see a savior that's there you understand that he is a humble savior that for the salvation of his children he chose to humble himself he denied himself of where he should have been and went to the cross and became sin for the entire world hallelujah Jesus went to the cross as a man with no sin to be guilty of yet and became the sacrifice so you and I could be saved look to a humble savior Another way that he replicas or he is like this snake that was lifted in the desert is that you today can look to a Savior that bled a blood that can save your home and protect you from anything that wants to affect your life. This bronze 
thing was created bronze and I begin to look it up and it is not reddish in tin but it is bronze it is a crimson type color and, and the only thing that I could look at and begin to think of and I begin to read a couple people that gave this analogy is that this was a foretaste of what that Jesus or what Jesus would do as he was lifted up to forgive us of all of our sins he did not he was lifted up so he would bleed drops of blood so you and I could find forgiveness. He had to shed His eternal sacred blood so you and I could be forgiven of all of our sins. No one can find forgiveness unless it is through the crimson blood of Jesus Christ. As they looked at that bronze snake and it shined that crimson bronze color, I believe we can look at it through New Testament eyes and say, when we look to Jesus, He is the one that shed the blood. Book of Exodus, when the blood was applied to the doorframe of the home, the Bible said that they were protected. So, in this critical hour that we are dealing with as a culture, I want to encourage the people of God to look to a Savior that bled crimson blood so that you and I could be forgiven. He bled so you could be forgiven and you could be healed. Number three. Look up to a Savior that has been lifted up for you. Not only did He shed His blood, not only was He a replica of sin as far as when He took upon all of our sins so that we could be forgiven, but we can now look up to a Savior that has been lifted up and when we lift Him up, when we look at Him on the cross, we can find healing. But I also want to say this, He did not stay on the cross either. The Bible said that they placed Him in a borrowed tomb and when three days passed, the Bible said that He rose victorious from the grave. So I want to tell you this, not only do you have to look at a Jesus that was on the cross, but now we can look to a Jesus that the Bible says that is at the right hand of the Father forever making intercession for us and we as His people, if we would look up to Jesus, the lifted Savior in this moment in crisis that we are dealing with, I believe that every effect of sin can soon pass away and we can say all is well because we have our eyes fixed on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith people that looked were healed and today I want to proclaim people that look they will be healed people that look to Jesus will be healed people that look to Jesus will see sin's attacks losing its force people that look to Jesus will see the attacks of life beginning to fall that attack of weariness that attack of self-confidence that attack of anxiety and fear and struggles will begin to soon fade away because you have looked to Jesus those attacks of sickness those attacks of feeling as if you're never going to make it into eternity they can soon pass away because when you look to Jesus everything begins to fade away and you know that everything is okay because you are looking to a victorious overcoming Savior who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all so today I want to challenge you church please do not look to the coronavirus 
task force for your help. Please do not look to the government for your help. Please do not look to the church for your help, so to speak. But look to a Savior. Sin has tainted us. Sin has come and bit and snarled and and began to come after us. But we have a Savior that has been lifted up. He is a humble Savior. He is a Savior that has bled pure, priceless blood that can forgive us. And He is a Savior that now has been lifted up so high that the church's song today should not be gloom, despair, and agony on me. But it should say, Jesus, I exalt Thee. Jesus, I exalt Thee. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of death, in the midst of attacks, we will lift up the name of Jesus because Jesus Christ, He is our Savior. Look to a humble Savior. Look to a bleeding Savior. And look to a lifted Savior. I want to end today with these words found in Psalms chapter 121, one of my favorite Psalms. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 121, I don't, I don't not, I'm not going to have to look it up. The book says in Psalms 121 verse 1, it says, I will lift up my eyes up to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Today I feel this message in my heart because I believe in this culture and this, this crisis that we're dealing with. Whatever side you're on, whether you feel that it is, is a pandemic or maybe you feel that it's media driven, it does not matter one bit to me. What I do know is because of what my Savior did, I will look up to Him, I will fix my eyes on Jesus and I know that I am number one saved of my sins I have peace that passes all understanding and no matter what this life brings my hope is in Him and whether this pandemic is the end or whether there's something else that's going to come around the corner in ten years that's going to be the end I know that it is well with my soul because I have lifted up my eyes to the one that has been lifted up and because He became sin so I could be saved and because He shed His blood so I could be forgiven and because He's resurrected now so I can go be with Him for all eternity my eyes are on Him and so nothing life brings my way can cause me to quit I want you to pray with me right where you're at and this is what I want you to do I want you to begin to listen to me and I prayed about this and this is how I'm going to end. Maybe on the internet there is someone that does not know Jesus. Maybe you've heard this message. Maybe you've heard this sermon. And you need to know Jesus. I want to, I want, I want to encourage you today to look to Jesus. Look to a Savior who humbled Himself, who shed His blood for you, who became a sacrifice for you, and now He is lifted up for you. He was not only lifted up on the cross, but He is now lifted up for eternity. And so today, if you don't know Jesus, the simple words that I give you is this, look to Him. I want to lead you in this prayer today, and I want everybody that's watching and everybody that's here to pray it. You can pray it silently, however you choose to. But let's say, dear Jesus, we accept You as our Savior. We thank you for dying on a cross. 
We thank You for becoming sin or taking upon my sin even though You knew no sin so that I could be forgiven. I apply the blood to my life. I ask that You would just forgive me of all of my wrongs and all of my transgressions. I look up to You now. Not only were You hung on a cross, but You have been resurrected. And so I look to you in this time in my life and I accept you as my victorious Savior. I am now saved in the name of Jesus. And I want to pray for you that did not need to pray this prayer, but in moments and crisis like this, you need to look to Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those in their home right now. In fact, I want you to either grab the hand of the person that you're with or I want you to gather together as a family and we want to begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare right now God's sin, this sin-cursed world is trying to, ridic- trying to, trying to destroy God's humanity. Lord, it, 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 this, we are in this shape not because scientists couldn't get it, not because Wall Street failed, or Wall Street failed, but because sin entered the world when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And because of that, we will deal with those repercussions. Coronavirus will come. Flu will come. Other things will come. Disobedience will come. But today we say despite all of that, we will look unto You, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We pray right now, God, that look to You because You are a humble Savior. We will look to You because You shed Your blood for us. We will look to You because now You have been lifted to where no one else can be lifted to. You are higher than any heights. You are stronger than any strength. You are champion. You are overcomer. You are mighty and great. And so we look to You And whatever we face, we know we shall overcome. Romans 8, verse 31 says that if you be for us, then who can be against us? So God, we look to you right now. And God, I am believing God for greater days ahead. I'm believing for transformation in people's lives. I'm believing God that you are going to do great things in the people of God. Lord, I pray, God, for this nation. I pray for the healing of people that are dealing with coronavirus. I pray, oh God, for the nation, God, for our task force, that they would come up with a remedy. I pray, oh God, that you'd begin to touch our president, our vice president, God, Congress, God, everyone that's involved. I pray, God, that you would begin to do a great and mighty work. I pray for our governor. I pray for Tate Reeves. I pray, God, that you would begin to give them wisdom like never before. And God, I pray more than ever, God, that this world, that this church would look to Jesus. God, the fiery bites of sin. God, may they remind us that we must look to a Savior that has been that has become victorious over anything that life can bring. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to remind you this week we're going to have a Bible study. We're going to be putting it on Facebook and then YouTube.